Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. So many things already, truly by your grace and your mercy, that you pour so many blessings upon us. And now the blessed opportunity to be able to get together and study your word. Help us now as we do that to understand it, apply it in the right way, draw close to you through our our studies and build our faith and trust in you and in your word. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to the Gospel of John in chapter 12. Here we see a reference to a, a voice coming from heaven. In John chapter 12, picking it up in verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now he's speaking of the coming crucifixion of himself and raising from the dead. He's verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I save? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. And Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up, from the earth shall draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. That lifting up, is lifting up on that cross. That voice coming down from heaven to allow those around to hear and to witness that that voice came from heaven. And that voice was from the Heavenly Father speaking of the Son. All right, now turn on over to John in chapter 14. Here we see some very encouraging words about our future. Those of us that have trusted in the Lord and have been adopted into the family can look forward to being with the Lord. As he says in John chapter 14, picking up right here in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled, Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And we know the dwelling place of God is known as heaven. And here he's speaking of the Father's house. The Father's house is heaven. 
and many mansions, that's many dwelling places, many wondrous, beautiful, beyond our wildest dream places for us to spend eternity. And speaking of the new heaven and the new earth where we will spend eternity, we die now, we instantly are transported to paradise to be with the Lord, just as he told the thief on the cross, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. We are immediately with the Lord, and eventually, when all things are fulfilled, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And as he says, in his Father's house, it's not speaking of a single building, does it mean his household in his realm, in heaven? Heaven being the dwelling place of God. We know the new heaven and the new earth. That God will actually be on the new earth along with all the followers, all the believers, all the family of God. So that's what we have to look forward to. He's gone to prepare a place for us. We're going to be with him because he says in verse 3, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Be with the Lord forever. Now, let's go a little bit further here. He teaches us about this a little more. Verse 4, And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Here he was speaking to the disciples. He'd already told them over and over many things. And some of them weren't quite sinking in too well, but... Eventually, when they receive the dwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost, then they get a full understanding of all the things the Lord told them. But here we see a reaction from Thomas in verse 5. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Clear and simple statement. The only way to the Father, in other words, the only way to heaven, because that's where the Father is, is by way of Jesus Christ. It is by way of receiving and accepting His finished work, acknowledging who He is, Lord. It means ultimate authority. Reads verse 7, If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know Him and have seen Him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Indicating the kind of relationship that Jesus Christ and the Father have, that they are a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, united together, three 
but yet one. We really cannot fully comprehend that, but that's what it is. And we know that when we trust in Him, that He can indwell us with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost can give us understanding of things that normal mankind cannot even begin to comprehend. And He tells us, He gives us that spirit of truth. Since we're so close here, let's go ahead and read that. Verse 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Reveal himself to us, the born-again Christians. Indwell us with the spirit of truth, and dwell us with the comforter that can give us the comfort in the times of trouble, that can give us in the, com- the comfort that we need when we're facing the adversaries, that can give us the spirit of truth that builds our faith and our trust and establishes our relationship with the Lord. That is all available to us that truly trust in the Lord and become part of the family of God, and looking forward to being in the Father's house. Going back there to verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. With the Lord, for eternity, by trusting in Him. And Jesus Christ is the only way to that heaven, The only way to such peace and comfort and truth is through the Lord. As he said once again in verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The one and only way to be able to go to heaven, to be able to be with the Heavenly Father, to be in paradise, is through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. That is the only way. I now turn on over to John in chapter 16. He starts out with, These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. And verse 15, well, 14 and 15, he's been teaching the disciples there, preparing them for what's about to happen because he knows it will soon be the time to be arrested and horribly tortured and crucified, he was preparing them, and preparing them as well as us to know that we can have the comfort of the Holy Ghost within us that can give us the peace that passeth all understanding and can help us in the times of struggle and the times of temptation and the times of persecution. So here in chapter 16, he's given him some words of comfort to, to know that you're going to be persecuted 
Because like he said in chapter 15, verse 20, Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. And in chapter 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. We're not going to be a surprise. We're not going to take offense. Well, why didn't the Lord tell me that this was going to happen? Because He tells us. He tells us over and over these things are going to happen. We're going to have persecution. We're going to have hard times down here while we're still here. It's going to be all getting worse and worse the closer we get to the last days. And we surely see it getting worse around the world, especially in this country. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know the Heavenly Father, and they don't know Jesus Christ. They know their pagan gods. They know their made-up God of their own mind. They know those things, and in that they think they are doing a good work, when actually they are doing the work of Satan. In verse 4, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. We understand that after the finished work of Jesus Christ, on the day of Pentecost, he sent down the Holy Ghost. And after that day forward, anyone who would trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would immediately be indwelt with the Holy Ghost. And that is the earnest, as he says, the down payment. That was never available prior to the beginning of the New Testament. The Old Testament times, they were given the Holy Ghost for a season, for a purpose, and then he would depart from them. It would only come upon them for a special function, for a special revelation, for special powers, and then depart. Now the Holy Ghost comes into us and stays within us, as he said back over there in chapter 15, and dwell with you forever, not just temporarily, but forever. And here he's speaking that again to them, reminding them that when he leaves, then the Holy Ghost is going to come and indwell us and stay with us. And that through his influence on the Christians and on the world, through things such as the conviction that one feels when one sins, is what he's speaking of here next. Back, back up to verse 8 again. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. 
I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Letting us know here that he is going to the Father, which is going to heaven, and that there's many things that they could not handle because they had not yet received the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. So they were still babes in Christ. Now, even though today, when we get saved, immediately we are indwelt with the Holy Ghost, we do not immediately have the ability to comprehend everything. As we grow and mature as Christians, the Lord gives us more and more. When we apply it properly, then He multiplies that. Let's continue here a little further, verse 13. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father." This little while is talking about he's going to be crucified. He's going to go to the grave. The third day he'll rise again and they'll be able to see him. And they'll be able to interact with him for that 40 days that he hangs around still preaching and teaching and and then ascends to the Father. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's go on to chapter 17 here shortly before he gets arrested we see in John chapter 17, picking it up in verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Once again, looking up to heaven. Looking up to heaven, to the dwelling place of the heavenly Father. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee in the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Before the world was, Jesus Christ is eternal. He came to this world, took on flesh, as we see the account of in the Nativity and so forth, the records of the birth of Jesus Christ into the flesh. But Jesus Christ himself is eternal. He is the one who spoke everything in existence in the physical world that we have the account of in Genesis. He is God. He is God in the flesh. He is our Savior. He is the sacrifice for us. He is the propitiation, the payment for our sins. He is the great high priest. And by believing and trusting in Him and what He has done for us, He allows us to be adopted into His family and the finished work that he did on the cross, we have the accounts of, as you further read in the Gospel of John. And then it's crucified on that horrible cross. 
And then in John chapter 19, verse 30, he says, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Gave up his physical life right there. Died. And they buried him. And on the third day, we see this unfolding in chapter 20. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet when not went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen cloths lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Verse 9 there is a very interesting verse, that they didn't know it. Even after the Lord telling them over and over what would take place, they still do not know it. In other words, they had not believed it. They had not received it. Just because you hear something don't mean that you automatically know what you just heard. You don't comprehend it, you don't know it. If you don't receive it and believe it, you don't know it. And that's what they're referring to here. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. So we know that he ascended to the Father. 
This is not his permanent ascension where he went on up and sat on the right hand and stayed there, but going up to heaven refers to there. And then he appears to them, and he does that repeatedly over and over for that 40 days, appearing to them, even having a meal with them. As we see the accounts of, as we go further here, And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name, everlasting life, eternal life through the finished work of Jesus Christ. I say the finished work because he said on that cross, it is finished. He did what needed to be done in order for all of us to be able to have a opportunity of salvation, an opportunity of forgiveness, an opportunity of reconciliation with God, to be adopted into the family, to be looking forward to an eternity with the Lord in heaven on the brand new earth and the brand new heavens that we have to look forward to. So much ahead of us is so amazing. And it truly is by grace that the Lord has opened a doorway for us to be able to enter in and be able to dwell with Him. And that He's going to come back and receive us to be with Him. Take us to that place He's preparing. And it's going to be an awesome place. A new heaven and a new earth. A place, a dwelling place of God. A dwelling place for all the followers, all the family to gather together and to enjoy that's all we have time for here. Let's close. We'll pick it back up in the book of Acts next time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the blessing you pour upon us. And we truly know that it is by grace. We know that we can never work enough to be able to purchase what you have paid for. To purchase our salvation. You paid for it. You are the propitiation. You are the payment. And we truly do appreciate that. 
and help us all be encouraged to do what you told the disciples, to go out and share that with others as well, to take that great commission and spread the gospel about an availability of salvation, availability of forgiveness, availability of being able to dwell with you in heaven for eternity. Thank you so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.